This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 147, Moment in Paradise. She never cried, she only tried to fly beyond her dreams. No one's ever mine. Deep inside, she tried to hide that she was way beyond her means. No borders and no lines. She said that it's your duty to save your soul, to save it for someone. Moment in Paradise is the second track on Zoom. On this track, Jeff Lynn is replaced on drums by the legendary Ringo Starr. On the 2001 Sony Jeff Lynn interview disc, Jeff said, Well, on Moment in Paradise, it was inspired probably by Rosie. And I wanted to get this sound that I, you know, it's a sound that I like. It's, it's like grainy acoustic guitar. I got this old Wurlitzer organ and uh, I wanted to make it really old fashioned, you know, almost like a fairground kind of sound, but really intimate at the same time. So the, the voice is really dry and it's close on the mic. And it was very meaningful to me, you know, those words. So I, I think I actually sang it quite good because I really meant the moment in paradise. I, I was feeling it. On the June 6th, 2001 episode of Rockline, Jeff said, This song was kind of inspired by that young lady over there. Rosie and um, just looking at her uh, I wrote those words and uh, so that's what it was it's a tribute to Rosie Jeff said about the recording session for the song Ringo played live in my living room which was great fun because we actually played it all live together it was myself and Mark Mann playing bass and guitar and Ringo playing the drums in his own inimitable style and he did a really great job of it. Such a place is paradise. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And get ready for a moment in paradise. Not a moment in parasite? No, not a moment in parasite, not a moment in parasite, whatever parasite might be. It's probably something that I've seen in a movie at some point. Could be. I think I might get a moment in parasite if I have a moment in Paris Hilton. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that was a long way to go for that. Yeah, you went all the way overseas for that joke. Yeah, yeah. And, and the plane crashed somewhere along the line. But with Moment in Paradise, this is where uh, you need some nice new agey music to fill in here. But luckily, this isn't new agey music. After All Right, which was All Right, or I don't know, could he have just done a song called Meh? <laughs> Meh. But. <laughs> That'd be a sequel to All Right, it's meh. But luckily, <laughs> yeah. this is not meh. This one is really good. I do have some complaints about his vocals early on in the verses because I think it's sounding too much like old ELO from the first few albums where he went into Dylan territory. But when he gets to the chorus and starts hitting those high notes, ah, there we are. Plus, the music's a lot better. 
I know Tandy's not on that, but you can't even tell it Tandy's on all right. No, you can't. Here, it sounds like Tandy might be on here, but it's actually Jeff Lynne playing those keyboards, and it starts sounding like an electric light orchestra a little bit in places, instead of just Jeff Lynne's solo. And, of course, the big elephant in the room, literally in his living room, and I wouldn't exactly call him that big, but big in popularity and stature and star stature is Ringo Starr. And once again, proving why I say I think that anybody who says Ringo is a terrible drummer can go, um, uh, well, actually, it's an old game that advertised on television called Sit and Spin. <laughs> I remember that. I didn't have a Sit and yes. Spin, but I did play with one once when I was a kid. I've been told to do that myself a few times. Um, it's come up, but it's uh, a different version of Sit and Spin in my adult life. Yes. And, and I always, you know, I think I'll pass. I think I'll rather try the old toy although exactly i wonder if that toy would still work if you put a 160 pound man on top of it (laughs) (laughs) probably not (laughs) yeah Yeah, just be sit and grunt yeah i think this is a perfectly fine bonus track from armchair theater (laughs) i know a lot of people are saying and this is the eloeist of the songs on here on zoom that we've well that we've heard so far of the two and um I don't know. To me, it sounds armchair theatery. I don't know if I'm just comparing it to sort of like the classic era of ELO from the mid-70s to early 80s, pre-time. But well, it lacks strings. It lacks the orchestra is what it lacks to really kind of make it the ELO sound. When I heard armchair theater, I thought they were elements of ELO, and I think you're not going to be able to avoid that if you're Jeff Lynne, because you did produce every single album that ELO did, ever. So whatever Jeff Lynne touches, there's going to be traces of ELO in it. I think it's a perfectly fine song. I like it. It's really nice. The piano in it, someone who likes to play with sound, it always confused me about what he did to it. It sounds like it was recorded really, really loud, but there's no distortion. So I wonder if it was recorded so loud that it was just before distortion hit. Or, and probably what happened, he dumped a buttload of echo on it which I think is cool. It sounds ghostly. It sounds like a ghost piano. You're in some sort of haunted house, and that piano just... You keep hearing it emanating from the walls, even though there's no piano in the building, and just playing those same notes that it usually played. I think haunting is a good description of the whole song. And when he gets to the part where he sings... She said that up until that point i think this is a nice song i like it but when he sings that it's like a freight train of oh wow just plows right into my chest and it's like that's great i really love that it's a damn good song i way much more like it than all right way much more I can see why everybody wanted this as a single rather than All Right. Oh, yeah. I still understand why it didn't really chart because of the time that it came out. Yeah. But if you're going to reintroduce ELO, this is really what you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, I wasn't really paying much attention to ELO in 2001. Other than, huh, an ELO album here in the thrift store, I'll pick it up. Other than me and the, the diehard ELO fans, yeah, you weren't the only one. Right. So it's, oh, I don't have this album yet. I'll pick it up. But 
I wasn't expecting any new ELO stuff. And if I went to the store and I saw Zoom sitting there, I would have, I would have probably would have gone through my mind of, oh, another reissue of live stuff or another compilation album or something like that. And fortunately, there wasn't an audience for it. Yeah. Except for yellow fans. Mm -hmm. The thing is, though, if you are going to try and reintroduce, I mean, if I knew that there was yellow coming out at the time, and I was excited about yellow coming out at the time, I would not have expected, oh, we're going to get strings and everything else like it was in the 1970s. My thought would have been the same as my thought usually was with new Yes albums, which was, please don't be open your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't be talk. Please have good songs on this one. <laughs> Please. <laughs> At least be Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, Howe. <laughs> Do not be Union. <laughs> so if I had heard this song as the lead thing, I probably would have gone, if this song had actually got radio play, yeah. I would have gone out and bought the album because I would have gone, oh, it doesn't sound that much like Old Yellow. There has the elements in there. Mm-hmm. But hey, this still sounds good. I <laughs> call it ELO, call it Jeff Lynn. This is something I'd want to hear. And with all right, it's, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll get it sometime when it's three bucks. <laughs> I'll get it where it shows up at the thrift store itself. But this, no, I would have gone out and actually bought the album at the time. I don't know how satisfied I would have been with it. We'll see, because this is only two songs in and I've never heard the album. So we will see exactly how happy I would have been. But so far, if we're able to up the quality this much after one song, maybe there's some hope, even though I've heard that this is the best song on the album. <laughs> well, we'll see. There's that synthesizer-y down rain thing going on there. Yeah, I love that part in there. Yeah, and I used to think, well, that's ELOE. But I kind of like thought about it this last week since I've been listening to it a lot to get ready for the show, and I'm wondering, uh, I don't know if maybe that sounds more armchair theatery than ELOE. Yeah. I don't know. My attitude towards it is there's going to be elements no matter what. If you call it a solo album or you call it an ELO album, there's going to be elements of ELO in it. So it's just like a John Anderson, getting back to using another Yes example, John Anderson's solo album, no matter what he does, uh, it sounds a little bit like Yes. Right. So <laughs> even no matter how far he tries to go away, well, I don't know about Long Wave, I haven't heard that. But yeah, you're still going to be going, oh, that's the guy from ELO. Yeah, yes, you are. Yeah, just if he stamps his own name on it, then he gives him a little bit more leeway to do what he wants to mm-hmm. rather than everybody's expectations. Yes, yes. So he wrote the song about his girlfriend at the time, Roseanne. That's what I was wondering, is who Rosie was. You know, I knew nothing about her. I saw her on the Zoom live show on PBS and the storytellers on VH1, and I thought to myself, she's a looker, and she's like... Probably in her mid-twenties. I guess that's one of the perks when you're a rock star. star. When you're in your 60s, you can (laughs) date hot chicks in their mid-twenties. Well, so can I, but my wife would get rather kicked off about it. Yeah, yeah. Although at the time, I don't think Jeff had a wife, so he was free and clear. Yeah, it makes it easier to date. Yeah. Yeah, I knew nothing about her until a couple hours ago when I thought, I need to look into who this person is. Apparently, she was a model, and she was on covers of magazines, Vogue, and Newsweek since 1975. She was born in December 18, 1952. So, same month as Jeff. When was he born? For? She, he's, she's five years younger than Jeff. She looks spectacular. Oh, that, she looked... That's it? Pretty good. I know. Normally, it's a 19-year-old model that they try to get through their midlife crisis with. I know, I thought she was probably conceived while her parents were listening to a New World Record or something like that, but... 
Apparently not. She's been in movies. She was in Heaven's Gate. Okay. The Two Jakes. Okay. And Inside Edge. And, as Jeff has said, she played music and he produced an album for her, or worked on an album with her in 2001. I don't think that album ever came out. But she put out an album in 1986. It was called Zazu. Z-A-Z-U. Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, pretty much Steely Dan, played on uh, the album. Played on a couple of songs on the album. It says here on Wikipedia that the album was critically acclaimed, but went largely unnoticed in the U.S. It's on Spotify, so I gave it a listen this morning. And I can understand one of those, and I can't understand the other. I can understand why it went unnoticed, because it didn't do a thing for me. I didn't think it sucked. I also didn't think it was worth listening to again. It was just kind of there. it did better. The single was a top 30 hit on the UK singles chart, and the album got to number 20 in the UK. So it did something over there. Nobody knew nothing about it here. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe Rosie was the hex on Zoom. Since Zoom didn't do so well here, it's because she was on it. Mm, no, I still say it was because it was 2001. <laughs> I, yeah, I still say that too. The- Plus also, there were some other situations going on that kind of, I think, turned my attention away from a lot of the music that year. Uh, yeah, some... At least by the end of it. Yeah, so. some things went down and it kind of... Things that were clouding up my head were, yeah, not so much music related. Yeah, we're not, we're not music related. But at least he stuck around his own age. Uh, he doesn't really know how to be a rock star properly, does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't get wild on stage. He's not like Keith Richards, who's just, uh, why isn't he dead yet from all the drugs, alcohol, smoking that he's perpetually taken in? He's not a drug guy. He's not loud and outgoing. He doesn't really seem like he wants to be the center of attention. No. So, yeah, he's he failed rock school. But he was successful anyway. Got something to say about Moment in Paradise? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Was it a hit or was it? Moment in Paradise was the second CD single released in Europe from Zoom on September 3rd, 2001, with the track All Right, PBS 2001 version. Along with that version of All Right, another CD single, including the live PBS renditions of Mr. Blue Sky and Livin' Thing, were released. In America, it was released only as a promo CD single in September 2001, with the PBS versions of All Right, Mr. Blue Sky, and Livin' Thing. The song didn't make any of the charts. Good hell, everybody. It's me, Dono. Uh, yeah, that's under the website. And here's my take on Moment in Paradise. By the way, see my take on All Right for the Sluggish Factor on this track. Alright, with that out of the way, the ballad Moment of Paradise goes down much easier than the low points on Discovery. Midnight Blue and Need Her Love. And I freaking love that album. Sure, Zoom doesn't have the high level of 70s flash ELO was known for, but the missing piece actually helps this track. It feels more personal and organic than the overblown flash that, I don't know, made things uncomfortable. Too cheesy? Whatever personal events that motivated Jeff to write this certainly made him more honest and calm, and the lyrics not only express his love for this woman, but he has a lot of respect for her. And that is love right there. 
You really don't need a full orchestra to get that personal point across, and this track proves it. Sure, there's a little of that touch of flash in this track, but it's moved off to the side and it doesn't get in the way like those Discovery tracks. Not dramatically in your face. It's just a calming effect like what Jeff experienced that led him to create this track. Damn good for him. That's romantic. Well, hello, this is Troy with my thoughts on Moment in Paradise. I absolutely love this song. It is my favorite song on Zoom, and I think it's, in my own personal opinion, the only song on the album that rises to the level of classic ELO. Anyone who has experienced heartbreak, and I don't just mean average run-of-the-mill heartbreak, I'm talking Bart Simpson's babysitter tearing his heart out of his chest and saying, you won't be needing this while throwing it against the wall. I'm talking about that kind of heartbreak. That kind is hard to recover from, and some don't. You just go through life for years, just wanting people to leave you alone, wanting to avoid human contact, and then one day it happens. You meet somebody, and those feelings start to stir again. But you are so traumatized, you've been hurt so bad, that you don't know if you want to take a chance or not. Your friends think you're crazy. Well, come on, this person loves you. But they don't understand. The one that broke your heart said they loved you too. And then they made a mess of your life. So you go on, and some take the chance. But some either don't or can't. Thank God Jeff took that chance because it inspired him, or I should say Rosie inspired him, to write one of the most beautiful songs he's ever written. And I think he was all the better for it, and I think we are too. So thank you, Rosie. Thank you for letting Jeff love again and thank you for being his muse, and thank you for giving him back a reason to bring back ELO. If you watch the Zoom concert DVD, you can see Jeff looking at Rosie, especially as they harmonize on Moment in Paradise and other ELO tracks, and you can tell this is a man in love. So thank you again, Rosie, and thank you, Jeff. This is Troy. Talk to you next week. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I sort of kind of like the song. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 148, State of Mind.